We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the remarkably poised Rohan Kadi. Rohan, my good friend, how's it going on this Tuesday morning? You know, I'm doing well. If if anyone's a good friend, it's you. You're you're oh. letting me uh just like struggle with different types of lighting in the morning, completely changing setups. Thank you to my girlfriend for letting me turn her apartment into a recording studio yet again. But I'm doing well, Ty. It's it's surprising that I'm doing well considering the Bucks are on a two-game losing streak here. Ugh. But it's a new era for the Wait, Milwaukee no, Bucks. they're not. Aren't they? I don't think so. Didn't they just lose to the Cavs? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. They went two and one in the Prunty era, but they did they start two and zero? Oh no, didn't that? No, didn't they? It wasn't the Pelicans game after. Oh, you're right. I was going to say I thought it was <laughs> win loss win. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Not losing it yet. Oh, I had the standings no. right in front of me. I could have just looked at the streak. But yeah, we're off to a great start here. Yes. <laughs> uh, that Pelicans game, it was such a blowout. I didn't. It didn't yeah. even register. It didn't even register for me. But the Bucks on a let's say a one game losing streak. They, yeah. they lost their last game yes. uh, to the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions in Denver. The the Bucks have now, I believe, lost four straight against the Nuggets overall. It's uh, it's it's been a little bit of a disappointment whenever the Bucks play the Nuggets because it feels like they just get their bu- the Bucks number every single time they match up. However, we left that game tie feeling encouraged because there is a new era in milwaukee it is the doc rivers era in the milwaukee bucks when i see him on the sideline at a bucks quarter zip i'm like what timeline are we in i don't know how we got here it's still it's still a shock to me that it's a thing but it's here (laughs) he's 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 on the sidelines he's a new head coach yeah Uh, i wanted to ask before we jump into this game and and i agree with you off off the top i mean i think as far as denver losses go 
I thought the Bucks defended Jokic really well. Yeah, I thought he didn't it was, get a triple double in ten minutes like he did two years ago. No, it took him three whole quarters. And I, uh, I mean, they just don't have anyone to guard Jamal Murray. I think that was on display. I think Crowder probably should have gotten more shake at it. But we'll get into you know what actually happened in this game. But like Jay Crowder is not going to clamp Jamal Murray either. Like the Bucks just they need more perimeter defense. They need a bench shake up. I think that was very on display again. But anyway, I just want to circle back to just like you know. We called the last pod a coping pod. Like, how are you feeling overall about Doc Rivers and the Bucks? So we had a press conference. We had him, like, judging from on high, like, ancient royalty for the last couple of Bucks games that Joe Prunty was still interim head coach, the back-to-back against the Cavs and the Pelicans. Uh, he's spoken about the Bucks a few times. We've heard... You know, if you had the Bally Sports Wisconsin feed for the game in Denver, if you stayed up late for it, Marcus was dropping some interesting nuggets about what Doc has been emphasizing. We've heard Doc speak. We've heard the players speak about it. So just going kind of like generally right now, you can factor in how they looked against Denver too. How do you feel about the early, early days, you know, what, three days, four days of the Doc Rivers era? I feel I feel slightly encouraged. I feel like I don't need to cope nearly as much as I did a few days ago. Uh, do I still think it was a, a bad process to get here? Absolutely. Do I still think it's a lateral move that they've made in the last like year and a half? Absolutely. Uh, do I think they still have glaring issues that we will get into? Surely. Absolutely. Am I that worried that the reason this team isn't going to win a title is because of Doc Rivers? Not really. Uh, I'm not really on that train. I feel like... I feel like factoring in his his quote unquote weaknesses as a head coach, quoting uh, factoring in whatever he deficiencies he uh, allegedly brings to the team, I feel like it's not going to overshadow any necessarily other major issues that this team has, and it will it it won't ultimately be the Bucks' downfall because this Bucks team already looks a little better and we'll talk about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling more encouraged than I did last week. Ty. Yeah. I think part of the reason, and this wasn't even necessarily a doc thing. It certainly started in the, the brief Joe Prunty era gone, but never forgotten. He's still there actually, but uh, gone from being the head coach, but never forgotten. He's not, such. he's not third on the sideline. Yeah. And really it was Rex like behind doc on the other side. He was kind of an interesting bench setup, but yeah, Prunt, I think, the Prunt I dog. think they didn't have enough chairs because <laughs> just a massive assistant coaching staff. That's that's a good point. They have a lot of people now. I mean, obviously they swapped out a head coach and they lost one assistant who never actually coached with the Bucks in a real game, but added two more just now. Um, yeah, I think the defense has been the biggest encouraging point, and I think it is so encouraging because. You know, they haven't – the last two games – or the last two losses, I should say. Now I forgot the Pelicans game too. The last two games – losses, it wasn't the Bucks' defense that was the issue in either game. The second Cavs loss or this loss to the Nuggets, it was really the offense. If the Bucks scored at their usual, you know, 120-ish – I haven't looked at their average. You have to imagine it's high 110s or somewhere in the 120s. I, we can pull it up. But obviously, it's a team that's capable of scoring a lot of points. We've seen them score 140 against New Orleans. And that's a New Orleans team has some pretty great defensive players on it. it, it not all throughout the roster, but obviously, you know, Herb Jones is, is quite good. Maybe just one. This Bucks team can score. Suffice it to say that. And 
When they don't, it's just not going to be easy for them to win games because even now that they have been more respectable defensively, you know, they're still not they're not built on defense. This is uh, an NBA team with Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, I mean, Giannis can do both, of course, but Malik Beasley, your one through three are st- so um, def- uh, offensively inclined that it's just going to be difficult to to win games if your offense is horrible. They're averaging 124 this season. Yeah, so, with an offensive rating of 120.1, which is third in the league. And so, they're scoring the second most in the league. So well well below their, their average offensively against Cleveland and against um, the Nuggets. And I don't think it was necessarily like their offense got beat. I just think it was sloppy. They didn't execute enough. They're still funneling too many shots to Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, which we'll get into. I think those are fixable things, and it sounds like from everything we've heard from Doc, his emphases will help the offense. I mean, he has stressed ball movement, and after the after the loss, he said, you know, there were some possessions where the ball was zipping around, and there were some beautiful, you know, pass-pass, like good shot to great shot passing. Pat, I think in particular, made a couple where he was open for the uh, elbow three and passes it to the corner to a wide-open shooter instead. I think a couple of those got knocked down. When the Bucks were struggling to hit shots at all, I think if that's going to be the focus, if there's going to be more Dame, we're seeing a lot of double screens right now. On that was one of the first adjustments I noticed. You know, I think Dame just needs to get in a rhythm. I think he has not played to his standard. I think the offense has been a mess at times as well, outside of just him. I'm pretty encouraged if the Bucks can just get back to their what they've already done offensively. I think they can get better, but just get back get back to where they've been offensively while also be uh, being respectable defensively and here's a limited sample size for you these last four games the post adrian griffin era three prunty one doc bucks have a 110.9 defensive rating as a team that's eighth in the league so for this week they've been a top 10 defense obviously you know the Cavs without multiple players pelicans out everyone i mean that was a good win and denver is denver like that's a healthy nuggets team in denver being on the list you, you would think would skew it the other way uh but they've defended well uh really well so i think that is more encouraging or that encouragement outweighs the disappointment over their offense which you just have to assume they're going to be able to figure out yeah it's it's something that they've relied upon this entire season is their ability to just score points regardless of how bogged down the offense could be at times so I'm not necessarily worried. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm not necessarily worried about their offensive output considering, again, Dame is not playing his best basketball right now. I think for the month of January, he's been shooting sub 30% from three. It's just been it's just been not Damian Lillard standards of play. And uh, this offense we know is capable of scoring at, at a much higher clip than it has been scoring. So I'm not necessarily worried about that. I like how Doc... Uh, pointed out post game again just a wild sentence that i'm saying out loud that uh he, he told the team it, whoever told you you can't play defense they lied <laughs> because uh over the last few games you have been playing defense it's the offense that is struggling it's like he's a good quote oh man we're we're back we're back to bucks basketball baby defense is all right but the offense is bogged down and bad this is this is the bucks i know and love yeah um he's a, he's a really good quote uh, some of the stuff that comes He'll out talk, is great. For sure. When I like the fear the deer thing. Yeah. And his yeah. intro presser, he said, you know, if you're going to have fear the deer as the slogan, you've got to make teams actually fear the deer. I think they're getting there defensively. 
let's talk about what we've seen different. Let's dive into what, what was actually going on, at least in this game. And, and I think really, you know, in the last couple of games, obviously he wasn't on the sideline, but you have to assume probably had some input. I don't think things look drastically different in the Prunty games versus the first Doc game, right? Like I think we on the doubles, the double screen is kind of new double drag or whatever. But like defensively, they're ignoring bad shooters. They're taking risks with good shooters at times to just not have anything in the rim. I think Denver still ended up scoring a lot of points in the paint. I think a little of that was uh, the Bucks still, they lost like, I think the one true blown switch was uh, MPJ got to the rim. But I will give them a little grace. Like, it's just really hard with Denver. I mean, it like, if you lose a guy for one second, Jokic makes the pass. Like, it's just an extremely hard team to play. And obviously, at least one of your bigs is going to be drawn away from the paint to contest Jokic. But I thought for most of the game, except for I think Jokic only hit one three. That one three that he hit, I was like, oh, you can't do that. Like, Brooke really left him and, to and help even, on a drive. And, and even Jokic, he's not like a guy who does a massive volume three. No, but that that's exactly the point I was going to make. And I thought outside of that one play, which they just left him way too open. Like, I think the thing with Jokic is he wants to pass. He wants to make the right play. I'm not saying he can't score. This isn't a dumb Jokic take. But I think his preference is to move the ball. Like he wants. Does he like basketball, Ty? I don't know. I think he likes horses a lot. I don't know if he. And I don't care. I don't. I'm not hold it against him. I thought Brooke Lopez and the way the Bucks played it was great because they gave him just enough of a cushion to where it was like almost always. It felt like his circuitry was like, oh, I think I'm open enough, but I'm not wide open, and I'd rather pass, but they're not giving me a good pass. I don't want to sit here and take a bunch of uncontested shots. And with the way Brooke is guarding me, it's hard for me to drive. Like, I thought they played him perfectly. And you could see, like, a huge difference when Portis was guarding him versus Lopez. I think these last four games have really been a strong, you know, feathers in Brooke Lopez's cap for, oh, yeah, he's extremely valuable and super helpful the way the Bucks play defense. And, of course, we saw Giannis around the rim more, which is a huge help. And just the way they navigated screens, I mean, it just felt very compact. It was like, we're not going to do too much. We're not going to get out of position. We're going to help and recover. Like, we're going to navigate screens and recover and just make guys beat us. I think that's just – that's the way they have to play defense. I think it's fine. I still think they need to shake up the, the bench and hopefully find a guy who can slot in as the fifth starter just to balance things a little bit more. But the way they've been defending, I think, is logical and it's – you know, it sucks that all these great ideas are kind of going away. I mean, they're they're not doing as much zone. They're pretty much staying on their, you know, beginning scheme, right? The the drop coverage, the keep everything in front of you coverage. But it's just nice to see something consistently work, honestly. Yeah, and you talk about a Denver team uh, who can just score at any level and get any shot they want. It's it's nice to see, even though you mentioned they they were even helping off good shooters at times. Like I know Chris was really successful on a bunch of digs sometimes, but it, unfortunately he was sometimes uh, helping off Michael Porter Jr. to do so, or or Contavious Caldwell Pope to do so, and it was just a little difficult. But still, at the end of the day, Denver only gets up eighteen threes. Uh, it's really uh, unfortunate for the Bucks that they lose a game uh, to Denver when they only make four three pointers. Uh, but the fact that they only gave up 18 three-point shots is is encouraging considering how much they were really trying to limit stuff in the paint, and it, which is encouraging to your point because, 
yeah, that's what their base defense is now. That's what we we it's definitive. We've seen it. Uh, they're they're now back to being a standard drop team, and even though you're doing that, you're still not giving up a ton of threes, which is really really good to see. And uh, yeah, it, it was nice to see them go back to like a base drop defense. Even with Bobby, they they dropped with Bobby a lot. That's one thing I noticed. There was one possession in the third quarter, or two or, or a sequence of possessions, excuse me, where Bobby went and he like just full out hedged on a screen, and everyone was just like. What are you doing, bro? And then the yeah. next possession, he's like, okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, I'm dropping. And because uh, for the whole game, he's just been in a in a base drop defense, which is good to see. And it is it is what it is. We'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the important thing, you know, I think you're right to point out, you know, Denver only making 4-3, shooting 22% is important. But the 18 attempted is the number that you can take beyond this one game, right? And go, oh, you should have won this game. They only made four threes. That's true. But holding Denver to 18 threes is a win in itself. And I think, you know, the, the Nuggets still shot uh, pretty well from two. I think there's still improvements to be made. But overall, you hold Denver to 113 at home, a place they've only lost four games this season. I mean, it's, it's an impressive performance from Milwaukee defensively. We talked about the offense just isn't there yet. I think... Still, like, when Dame is not knocking down his shots, and he was actually 50% from three against the Nuggets, just two for four, but was only three of nine from two. And again, it's like we the same story I feel like we've had so many times. Like, he's drawing the contact he wants. His shots just aren't falling. I mean, a lot of those are drives where, you know, there's not nothing, but he's not getting the full call. And then still, he's also this, like, one or two per game where, he does get the call, but they don't give him the shooting foul, and it's just a sideline out of bounds, which is unfortunate. Um, it feels like the ball just goes away from him too easy. I think that's got to be one of the big things that Doc Rivers works on is engineering more shots for Dame. Because, I mean, late in this game, because Chris was hot early, it just felt like the second half, too many points, they defaulted to, all right, give Chris the ball because he's shooting well, and then – turnover or you know ugly four shot and you know they both ended up, each dame and chris each had four turnovers it's not like chris was a turnover machine but again some late crucial ones which we've seen before where you really just got to find ways to get dame handling in those situations and everyone else moving around him and i think the bucks got away from that too much in this one yeah there's there still feels like there's a little bit of a disconnect with integrating dame into the offense uh, one thing we did see differently from Dame, so maybe it's a, a thing, is just like he wasn't playing his normal yeah. spell of minutes. Like that was very interesting. Usually he plays the entire first quarter. That's what he's done like basically the entire season, just play the entire first quarter. Subbed out with about five minutes left, five-something left in the first quarter. Came back with like a minute 12 left in the quarter, so got got like four minutes of uh, rest there in the first quarter. And you, you already see like, oh yeah, maybe maybe that's probably for the best. However... You could see the team had no idea what to do in those situations because that was also a situation where we saw Chris Middleton come out of the game. And like you mentioned, he had got off to a fast start. And I believe in those four minutes, the Bucks did not get a field goal. They did not score a field goal in those minutes without Dame. It's something that they're going to need to get used to is, hey, maybe it's not a, the best idea for our one of our best players or second best player to really play the entire first quarter to really like you know, hamper his minutes going forward in the game. But yeah. uh, it, it's going to be something that the team needs to get used to, not just Dame, but the rest of the team, clearly. But yeah, Dame, just in general, just not enough shots. 
Just yeah. not enough shots in this game. And some of that's on him. Yeah. Some of that is just you need to be like you need to assert yourself as a player. Like 13 shots is just not enough for Damian Lillard. It's not enough. Like if, if you have the same amount of shots as Bobby Portis, that's not good. That's two that's issues going into that. That's that's an issue on, on both sides of it. Um, a couple of doc quotes are, are what he said, and these are courtesy of Bucks underscore breakdown uh, on Twitter. Uh, first one is just short, compact. He apparently, he said, and there's a video, but I won't play it because it'll go on the pod and mess everything up. But he said, first half, the second group got crushed, which is just hilarious and true. As you said, that was when the second group came in. That's when they went uh, on like the five minute ish without a shot um, run. And then on Dame's different minutes load, Doc said the plan is to have Giannis and Dame on the floor together when the Bucks are in the penalty and so they can finish quarters together, which actually I think does make sense. I mean, it'll just Makes be interesting sense, yeah. to see like how much does Dame buy into this because we know he had requested playing the whole first quarter. But it's kind of interesting just to like come in first game and be like, yeah, you're just going to play the minutes I tell you to play because I'm the head coach. Um, which I think maybe Doc can afford to do a little bit more than than Adrian Griffin could, especially the way his tenure started in Milwaukee. And I think it just kind of became a trend for the players to identify things they wanted to do and then do them. But yeah, I, I don't have any issue with the different rotation pattern. I think the only issue I would have is not playing the young guys at all. Although I will say, like Pat Connaughton was pretty good. He was. It was. It wasn't necessarily a, a thing. Usually, it's for us. It's play the young guys because the other guys are just, just, just stinking it up out there. Yeah. But in this case, it's a. Uh, uh, hey, the young guys are pretty good. Maybe we should give them a shot. But it's not really a reason. There, there isn't really like a definitive like. Oh yeah, Pat's been playing horrible. Maybe you could make the argument for Malik Beasley, but even he was. He didn't have a great night. He ended up getting the downstock against Denver. Yeah. He was fighting on the defensive It's really just because his shots didn't fall again. Like, he's in a little slump now. I mean, it it happens. I I wouldn't expect it to last. That's just, like, shooters have slumps. I mean, it's... It's It's the nature of the beast in the league, Beasley especially. Yeah, but it wasn't like he was... I I thought Jay Crowder should have closed over him, for sure, uh, given the way he was shooting. But we also have seen... One, it's all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, it should have been this, this guy instead of this guy for these three minutes. You know, it's it's game one of Doc actually at the helm. And I'm sure in the early going, there's going to be a little bit of like, all right, let's just keep what we're doing for now from this perspective because we're already changing these two things and we'll, we'll go forward. So I wasn't going to hold any and individual. Also, we, we know that Doc Rivers is not the type of guy where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to play young guys right off the bat. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean Jay Crowder in this case closing the game. Yes, for but, sure, for sure. But also, but yeah, about, yeah, the young guys in general. Sorry, I wanted to get back to that. No, it's uh, because we haven't seen Adrian, uh, Adrian, Ajax, Andre Jackson Jr. I almost said Adrian Jackson Jr. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, really play since Adrian Griffin got fired. Uh, it's just been he's just been out. It's been play the vets. We'll, we'll play the vets. See what we got there. Yeah, and Doc Rivers especially, which again heeds to my point like it's been a lateral move between doc rivers and bud those are two guys who aren't really super excited to play their young players a ton and yeah. we've we've seen it in the past with with doc especially you i know you called out the b-ball paul montrez harrell thing that happened in philly uh um and it's just it's just been 
it's just been something that Doc's really been. There, you know, there have been exceptions. So I look back into that Philly team. Starting like year two, Maxi was a very established starter who played a lot going forward. Like year one, he didn't. But I don't know if he was the same player. He also shot 30% from three in year one. And B-Ball Paul, for all the consternation, was Philly's backup center last year. And it's year four for him. You can say it took too long for sure. Years two and three, it was more like he was battling with DeAndre Jordan and Montrezl Harrell for minutes. So it's I don't think young guys never play. I just think they really have to earn it, which honestly is fine. I, I, the other thing is uh, one more point on B's. We have seen him just like be cold and then hit a couple big shots late. So that's part of the reason I wasn't too flummoxed about his role. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Do the young guys feel a little less necessary to play now that the defense has shifted back more conservative? Nope. You don't think so? No, uh, especially with some of the, the – this is not – even though we've seen like the Bucks defense be like a little more conservative, it's still not like a great defense. No, but I just like – again, like we just mentioned Pat. I didn't see multiple moments where Pat was a big problem defensively. That's fair. I feel like the vets look a little bit, except for Bobby, who just can't drop. But I thought the vets looked a little bit more sound on the the perimeter defenders. I'll put it that way. The guys guarding guards and wings didn't feel like as as problematic as they did before. And especially this game, especially this game where the offense was the bigger issue. Like I don't know if inserting Ajax. I'm not. I I would like him or Mar. I would like Marjan to get a shot. Honestly, I think Marjan may be more ready to contribute just based on what. 
his shot offensively just looks better, even if uh, Ajax's percentage is similar. Um, but I don't think this was a great case for anyone to lose minutes outside of really Bobby. And I don't know. I mean, it, can Ajax fill in for Bobby? It, you're, you're a lot smaller. Maybe he can. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe I. my one thing is like, oh, maybe like an Ajax and Marjan to like maybe gets a little bit of burn on Jamal Murray. Just yeah. like have someone as a guard defender. Yeah, they had Chris instead do it for like, a little, which was bad. Instead of like the, the Cameron Payne minutes. Yeah, but campaign played well too. He did. He did. I Again, know he's not. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't the strongest game to really for me to make that point, but it's just it's a trend that I want to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, I agree. I think I think everyone is. That's one of the things I think a lot of people are looking to, especially after in the initial presser, Doc said we're going to need at least one of those guys and maybe both of those guys to help us. You know, neither of them have gotten any burn thus far, um, but I thought the, the vets played well. Yeah, speaking of lineups, though, one thing that I, I, I noticed so far in this Denver game, and a little bit uh, since Adrian Griffin got fired, we're not really seeing Chris and friends. No. No, no. I, I wanted to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, I think, where some of the came, Cam came, the Cam minutes come from. It was like Cam and Giannis was one unit, and then Chris and Dame was the other, which I found pretty interesting. What were your thoughts from, from those groups? I, I didn't even think about it more like that. I thought about it as like if you're going to have a starter play with an all-bench unit, it in this game it was Giannis. You yeah. didn't really see a ton of Dame plus all-bench units at all. It was it was previously we had seen you know Chris and friends referring to your term for Chris plus the bench unit, which I, I, I love. And sometimes there would be like Brooke. Like there would be a starter. It wasn't always all bench. Chris, but Chris being the primary yes, creator yes. on the floor. The only one of the and big three. Yes. And it's just, it, it hadn't worked. It's just not really been the thing that works. Chris is not really suited to be a primary ball handler anymore, unfortunately. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. I'm glad we didn't see it. I thought the lineups where we saw like the Cam and Giannis uh, lineups that you had mentioned, I thought they were decent i still wish the bucks had a better backup point guard yeah but it's it's better than just having Giannis be out there with like just like a few shooters and no ball handlers like it, it's good to see yeah damian little or uh excuse me cameron Payne out there as well give him a point guard and so when we're seeing like now the Giannis and friends lineup which isn't really something we've seen a ton in the last few seasons. We've never really seen like just a Giannis plus bench units. It would usually be a Chris plus bench units. It would be a Drew plus bench units. And then you would have one of those two on the floor with Giannis for most times. It's going to be interesting to watch because it wasn't really super successful. I don't have the lineup data in front of me, but I can see if I can pull it. I know the starters were plus eight. Payne himself was minus seven. I don't know if he was in all of those minutes. And Giannis was minus three. So overall, they certainly lost those minutes, given the success of the starters and Giannis' overall plus minus. But I don't know if that means the idea is bad or if it just didn't work one night when... Speaking of DeAndre Jordan, I mean, I, oh my God. I joked in the Discord, like, hey, maybe Doc was onto something playing DeAndre Jordan. Maybe he saw a vision we couldn't because DeAndre Jordan looked very good in this game. I mean, he got away with some contact, but it, he made plays. And I was pretty, pretty flummoxed at it, to be honest with you. It was, uh, it was very, very wild to see that DeAndre Jordan is just 
still a productive player in, in the year 2024. I mean, I know NBA champion and all that, but like, it's not like he was a key contributor to that Nuggets team, but just like for some reason, him and Reggie Jackson are just running circles around other bench units in the league nowadays. And it's just like, I, what, what is happening? <laughs> Reggie Jackson had five assists and nine points in 20 minutes. DeAndre Jordan played Reg- eight and a half minutes. I'll take a Reggie Jackson, please. I don't think they're giving him up. Also, yeah. Jokic played a lot. That was one thing that stood out to me. Like they, they run Jokic. Maybe it's just like his style of play. He doesn't literally run very much 39 and a half minutes like they brought him back from his last rest early and obviously it paid off for denver but man i was did not realize how much the big fella plays in every like basically every game yeah and i did get the lineup data the Giannis and friends lineup of jay crowder campaign bobby portis pat connison and Giannis was the second most used lineup in that game uh for around eight minutes of just over eight minutes and they were a minus five honestly Given Bobby started zero for nine from the field and ended two for thirteen from the field, not a bad plus minus for that group. You're right. They they overcome they overcame the biggest of struggles. <laughs> probably his worst game of the. I mean, he had twelve rebounds. Congrats, but probably one of his worst games of the season. Yeah, by far, by far one of his worst games of the season. Again, Denver is a tough matchup, but that's just that's horrendous. It's when he missed the bunny at the rim. I was like, oh god. You can. There's been like a lot of those this year. Like, put it off the glass. He always tries to go nothing but net. Put it off the glass. There's a lot of things Bobby could do to get. Should we have the Bobby conversation? Yeah, sure. Set a screen. That's the thing yeah, he has do, to do. Do something. Not post up. And it's not just his fault. Dame and the coaching staff. They're enabling. They it. go to it all the time. It sucks. Stop doing it. If he's 0 for eight, let's not post him up. I mean, this Every is not time, rocket science. Yeah. Every time I see just Dame get the ball and then just load up to throw an entry pass to Bobby, I'm like, what are we doing? That's here? one way. Like, I, da- like the, co- the coaching staff needs to call it better. Dame, like, be Dame. Be like, you know what? No, come set a screen. I'm Damian Lillard. Uh, congrats that you were third and sixth man of the year I'm, voting last year. I'm a top 75 year. player of all time. I'm Dame. I don't care if you were the 18th man. <laughs> it's it's infuriating at this point. I hate it. Like, the, like... The offense should with never. A few possessions. If you if you, two, if you come down the court, two. if you here's the thing. If you come down the court and you're in like semi transition or transition, and it's a bad matchup, you immediately get a mismatch, right? You get like uh, Jamal Murray or someone in this situation on Bobby Portis. Yeah, go to that right I'm away. Still Take not advantage fine with it because he's gonna fade away anyway. Yeah, and he, he shoots the same shot if it's Jokic or Murray guarding him, and it drives me crazy. This is also drives me crazy. Okay, he's posting up. The other team is sending help for some reason. I'm just going to fade away anyway. I'm looking at a wide open player from three, Bobby Porter. I'm just going to fade away toward the baseline and get myself out of position to get back when I inevitably miss this and the other team gets semi-transition out of it. Drives me crazy. Some of the most frustrating offensive possessions. Like so many fundamental things about basketball. Oh, I have a smaller player. I will get closer to the rim, not farther away. Oh, there's two on the ball. Someone's open. Just ignored every night. Every night. Why? It's, it's January 3rd, January 29th when we're playing this game. We haven't figured this out yet? It's it's just it's infuriating. It's it's honestly infuriating. It's it's we I feel like this season has been the worst one by far. For sure. 
It's well, been the you know why? Word. Because their offense doesn't need this anymore. At no point do we need six Bobby Portis post-ups in a row. We have Dame. We have Chris. We have Giannis. This this isn't the Bucks of yesteryear where it's like, oh, okay, Drew can't hit a single shot and we just need something to happen offensively when the starters aren't out there. We're not there. We're, we're no. far from there. Is is Bobby gone next week? Oh, my God. The trade deadline's like a week, a little more yeah. than a week away. February 8th. It's the next Thursday. Wow. I mean – I hate to say it. I kind of hope so. I hope so too. Uh, he's just. I, I just. It's, if it's you untenable. just got. It's untenable. It's I won't like even say the names. I won't even say the name of the big man. But if you just got a defensive oriented big who sets screens and roll and this, doesn't this try to do name, anything does else. His name rhyme with Wismack Wiyambo? <laughs> it, it could. It could be any number of players. Any number of players fit this bill. But if the big is just like, yeah, I set screens and I roll. And I will dump the ball in the basket or dunk it, and that's all I do offensively. Their offense gets so much better immediately. It does. Immediately. It truly does. You, may, you, you do that, plus you move Malik Beasley to the bench, and you're cooking. For sure, if you can do that too. And that, when you were talking about the campaign and Giannis thing, like I think Bees and Giannis could be a great Giannis and Friends core as well. Like For sure. Because again, I, I've, I've preached this, but just Bees is a guy who will find his shot. Yeah. He will get his own shot, but he won't command an entire possession to do so yeah unlike unlike big bob and it's just he can dribble like i think working around Giannis's space he could find a lot of joy there i thought <laughs> well, one of the you're things, just like man he can dribble that's, well, that's such a plus to have for the bucks bench uh, yeah right. <laughs> well and some of the starters could learn from that too um man what a what a funny but uh, i think I hope one of the things Doc takes away from this game is the way Denver does offense. The Bucks should just steal some of their playbook for Jokic and Murray. They almost yeah. never do. And part the Giannis set a screen. That's what Doc needs to in that gravelly voice. Giannis, Giannis, you got to set the screen. Not a good Doc. I can't do it. I, I can only do it if I've actually lost my voice. But th- he just had he has to set actual screens for Dame. That's part of the reason Dame has struggled is their pick and roll is more of a stand and roll. It's more of a get a get a little bit in the way and just uh, pick your nose and roll. Move, move to a little bit to the side. It's like, and then Giannis Would just you, gets the ball. Like, there's I'll, no I'll advantage. Ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. If you want a screen setter, if you want a screen setter time, oh, no. there's one sitting no. on the floor. Oh. I thought you were going to say Surge because that's yeah. what he is known for. It's a screen setter. He 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 was known as one. Was he a good one? No, no. But if you want uh, if you want a big guy who's going to create contact on his screens and roll, he's just sitting there, literally. You know the funny thing is, I think it I'm could talking al- about it, Robin. Lopez, it could almost way, work. Right? I think it could almost work. I, think I thought about get, it when Bobby was over nine. I was like, why not? Let's give it a shot. Let's see. I saw him stretching on the on Dude. the on the floor, and I was like. Is he getting ready to come? I, <laughs> I thought I think he was sending gusts of air to make someone miss a free throw. Those oh. huge legs were <laughs> pumping, and it worked. Uh, the Bucks are a team low outside of Lindell Wigginton's eight minutes, minus nine point eight net rating when Robin plays. But it's thirty eight minutes, pretty much all garbage time. Yeah. I was thinking, like, okay, if they're to defend like the way they used to, would it really be worse than what we're seeing right now with he, Bobby? He'll contest shots. They won't be successful. I mean, listen, 
we we he, saw he, him in a defense. He will give up. He will give up more mid range shots than Brook. Uh, but yeah. he will he will not just be just just a traffic cone at the rim. I'm interested. I would not even mind if someone sits out. Give me like a six minute run because this defense, Brook Lopez, struggled to execute this defense. We know Brook is obviously better than Robin at this point. Maybe he would be somewhat playable again. I don't know. I, I know the Cavs. He, he from knows talking, how to set screens for Dane. And and just be big and roll. Like, yeah. God, where where are we, man? Dude, we oh. need Bismack so bad. I keep <laughs> trying to tell people. I say, oh, no, Bismack sucks. So, pff, right, what are we watching? I mean, we're out here trying to postulate if Robin Lopez can play. Basketball. I would like to see. He's played 38 minutes and all in, in Adrian Griffin He's been era. saving it up for the playoffs. He knocked out a couple threes in one of those garbage times. Yeah. We need it to be tea time again. TA time. I think hey. that's done now. Hey. I think that's done I've now. Been, I've been. I think we're I've done. I've been saving it. I've been saving it. I feel it. like. I feel if like, you want a switchable a big. I don't know if they do anymore. I don't think they do anymore. That's, that's your issue. I don't think they're looking if for you, that. If you're getting killed in a drop defense with, with Bobby, is it worse? Probably. Why? Because uh, you still have to play offense every other possession. Actually, yeah, well, he's not going to take 13 shots. Might not take a single one. Yeah. Like the thing about Has he taken a three all year? I don't no, think I don't so. Think so. No, he's yeah, been I, open I a lot. I think he gave it up. I think he's I think he's reasonable. Here's the thing with the Nazis. Oh, how did, we didn't even play. How, how did I get into this? Here's the thing with the Nazis. We talked about Robin Lopez for like five minutes. I, I deserve like a minute on the Nazis. I don't see the core of fair. Here's the thing. He has not taken a three. 14 shots total. Because here's the thing. He knows who he is. He absolutely knows who he is. And if he's playing actual minutes that are non-garbage time minutes, he's not out there trying to, like, just take some wild shots and, like, get to the rim and score and dunk on someone. That's not what he does in a normal game. In an actual game scenario, he's setting screens whenever he gets the ball, tries to flow into a DHO, roll hard, defend. It's just... He he's not going to take like an insane amount of shots. He's not. He's only going to shoot if he's open in the dunker spot, which we know he actually thrives roaming in. Well, so it's 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 the I'm fact that he's shooting fifty percent from the field, given the shots he takes, is kind of wild. That's what I'm saying. It's worth a shot. That, no, that, I'm saying it's bad. He only shoots at the rim, and he's shooting fifty percent. No, he he takes some mid rangers sometimes. He takes some turnaround hooks and garbage time. I won't. I'm not going to pull up the numbers. I think he's maybe taken one shot out of the rim all season. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even. I don't even have a new like trade segment. Let's get back to Doc, and we can we can circle back to to that kind of stuff. The young guys thing is going to be important. I know. I said earlier it, it may be. I think, and I don't mean to say the young guys shouldn't play with this. Less necessary, more means like, okay, they probably don't need 20 minutes of Chris Livingston and a half to survive with what they're doing, which is a better place to be, but it may not be better for the young guys' minutes. I do think we're going to see, especially Marjan or Ajax, get some opportunity, both because, I mean, I just think that there's going to be some veterans who ship out and... There may be more going out than those who return. And because I just – I think they've been too good this season to not play at all. They may not play as much as they did previously. I don't know if we're going to see Andre Jackson start again. I think that's fine. He is a rookie. I would like to see him play a little bit. 
this was not a game where anyone, as we talked about, that's how to really Bobby made a case for him to play over. But I, I think Horst is looking, I would imagine, that there is some hole made by that. I don't know. Uh, the way Marjan has played in the herd, I've gotten to cover him up close. I mean, he is really, he wants the opportunity very badly. And his game looks pretty good all around. I, I would like to see him get another shot this season. I, I looked up the Thanasa shooting numbers. Oh, boy. Let's hear uh, it. Guess how many shots he's taken outside of five feet? Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen all the minutes, Rohan. I've seen him he's miss a lot of shots at the rim. <laughs> I've seen him miss a lot of shots at the rim. He he missed both of the ones he took outside of five. We already uh, did. Yeah, we already you're, did you're, last time. He's made a three, which we know was the twenty one twenty two season. Oh, for eight last year. That's why he just gave it up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like you were saying, like if if you want to get a guy like Marjan out there, I think I think it's a especially post trade deadline, like you were saying. I think it's. I think it's possible. I think it's good. I think it could feed in because we've been we've been like just because the head coach changes, like it doesn't mean there's going to be radically different just ways of playing basketball. There's only like 15 different combinations of ways to play offensively and defensively. Yeah. If you want to talk like screen navigation, uh, just like general base defense, there's not there's not a ton of permutations in the grand scheme of things. What really matters is the way you play with your other teammates on the floor, the lineup construction and how those lineups play individually. But it's there's a reason that we've been clamoring all year long for like Ajax, Marjan, give AJ Green a shot, like you were mentioning. It's it's because they bring some lineup flexibility to this team. And post trade deadline, we're just we're assuming at this point that there's going to be some sort of trade. There always is. There, is. there always is, and especially with the way this roster looks, there has to be. There uh, the to starters be. were plus eight. There's another game where like you go up against the, the, best, yeah. the best team in the league and plus eight in like 20 minutes. Like that's a that's a very, very strong scoring margin against Nikola Jokic. Like very impressive to do that. And the bench just let them down again. Yeah, again, time and time again. That's just what happens is the bench lets them down. Can I pose a theory? To... Yeah. Are they playing these vets? Are they playing all these vets post Griffin to kind of just? I mean the the Bucks with Doc at the helm have less than two weeks total to evaluate what moves they want to make before the trade deadline. Is yeah. this like give me an extensive look at all these vets before we go trade one? Because I might you know maybe the way we want to play or what I need from my players or who I trust. Like I want to see. You know, can we get more out of Pat Connaughton than the season he's having? Can we get more out of Bobby Portis than the season he's having versus these young guys? And you could say the same if the young guys were playing more. Like, do you want to give them a showcase? But clearly, Pat and Bobby as the two salary pieces, those are the two guys most likely to move in any substantial trade. So I, I do wonder about that. And also Payne, it was rumored they were really shopping. That's the name that kept coming up. Jake Fisher, again, was like, campaign is available. I wonder if there's a little bit of it. I know the thing with Doc and young guys, I'm not – Straight up drinking the Delulu tea here, but I do wonder if there's a little bit of like Think of the what Delulu means delusional. Oh, okay. you got to get on TikTok. See, I'm hip with the kids. I'm not on TikTok. Wait until you hear about this Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's fun. That's my two cents. And people have that is whatever. Um, I, think I saw that. I saw you know, we're talking about it. I, like, okay, yeah. I saw, I saw a video. And there's this 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 uh, this little this little girl and her dad. They were watching. Uh, they were watching the Chiefs. Uh, they were watching the Chiefs. Who did they just beat? The Ravens. Baltimore. Ravens yeah. game. Yeah. 
And then it's like they're both like really into the game, and then then the little girl is like, "Oh my god, I saw I saw Taylor." That's yeah. Right. And then they're both just enjoying the game together. Let people have fun. Yeah, it's I've, it's, I've, it's multiple people are are being able to enjoy a sport. Let them let them have fun together. That's the, that's my take. The funny thing to me is people on this like it's PR angle. What PR does Taylor Swift need? No, she doesn't need any PR. She she like cleared a billion dollars in a year on a music no. tour in twenty twenty three. That's insane. That's impossible. They invented yeah. a category for it in award show, so she would go. Like that, she doesn't need PR. She doesn't need Travis Kelsey or the NFL itself. No, she's generated. I think I saw like an actual marketing budget uh, or marketing firm sent out a report that she's generated four hundred million dollars in revenue for the NFL. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I like, look, it. they show her three times a game, and it's like less than a minute. It's like who cares? no, I'm not saying it's too much. I just be like. They do that because it makes sense for them. They don't do that to piss people off. The NFL does not like pissing people off, which we've seen on many occasions. The, the NFL, you know, the NFL is really good at one thing, and that's making money, and they're doing that. Make money and protect the shield, baby. Anyway, um, but like Cameron Payne, like Jake Fisher's latest trade notebook. Again, it was like he is available. The Bucks are shopping him, but he included a note like it could change because there's a new coaching staff now. I wonder how much of this could be the Bucks just like. All right, here's what it looks like with all the vets. Like, Doc, what do you think needs to change? Obviously, Horace has his own ideas and it's going to be working. I will say, Doc Rivers is not the kind of guy who will see like two offensive minded point guards and say, yeah, that's what we need. Doc's yeah. the type of guy who's going to be like, yeah, we need some hard nosed defense in there. There's a reason that. Austin like, Rivers. Forgot. Austin Rivers, like, there's a reason that guys like Pat Bev really thrived under Doc. Like, they're like yeah. obviously credit to the players themselves as well. They they deserve the majority of the credit. But like Doc likes these kinds of guys. Uh maybe maybe now's not the right time to bring up Rondo, but he's a guy who thrives under Doc. Uh yeah, just like these these defensive minded point guards, just being able to like, you know, that's that's what Doc likes to do. Chris he's Paul might be available. They can't get him. No, they could. How? Or no, how he makes way too much, doesn't he? Yeah, he makes way for for people who are unaware of the Bucks. They're above the second apron. They cannot uh, sign a player on the bio market who makes more than the non taxpayer mid level exception, which is around twelve and a half million dollars. So Chris Paul makes way more. Than 12 um, and for half some reason, dollars. I thought his salary number was around Bobby plus Pat, but it's not. It's like double that. So yeah, you're no. right. Uh, so yeah, by the way, just keep keep that in mind. If you see like guys like Kyle Lowry getting bought out, Gordon Hayward getting bought out, the Bucks cannot sign those players. No. Which is fine by me. I mean, I'd take Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I'd take him. I'd, I'd. It's like the I'd rather see the Bucks get him than him go to Philly. I honestly do not care. Will you be the what the third best point guard? Like, okay. Yeah, fair. is he gonna crawl under a Bucks defender again like he did to George Hill? What's George Hill up to? Ranching. Podden, living the dream, honestly. In some in some ways. See that Jordan Wara again put up like twenty five or twenty four points for the Raptors, and then didn't box out to lose them the game. I think against Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Classic jerk. Dude, he is literally it. living. Is this the exact DJ Wilson experience? I think it might be. I mean, how long until we see a post from Raptors Twitter like, "Oh, the Bucks lost a good one here," just like they were DJ. We we found one here. And then uh, that goes away. Can't wait till Jordan Wara is on the OKC Blue. That is probably coming. Best of luck to Jordan Wara. Keep cashing those checks. 
No. He Didn't he get like a three-year contract? Yeah. Once tried to sell me. He once tried to give me an elevator pitch on Uggs. Yeah. That was weird. Weird, weird experience. Trade stuff. Do you have any updated trade targets in mind? That we are a week not, and two not days. Not really. Not really, because again, the same issues are the Bucks' same issues. They're getting killed in the bench minutes. They don't have like again, maybe that issue isn't really been exacerbated in these last few games, but they need help on the defensive end. And so, so my list of trade targets hasn't really changed. If they can get Dejounte Murray, that's a home run. If they can get Dorian Finney-Smith, if they can get Royce O'Neills, if they can get Matisse Thybul, if they can get Alex Caruso, that's pretty good. Like that. In my opinion, my trade list has not really changed because, like I mentioned earlier, just because they have a new coach doesn't mean they're going to radically play different new levels of basketball. It's this, their same issues are the same issues. Like Doc Rivers is not drawing up the, hey, bench, go get outscored by 20 points a game lineup. Dude, the turnover like, offense he called was bold. I was surprised he went with that in those four minutes where they just kept giving the ball up, but he's a vet. You have to trust hey, him. Let him cook. He was cooking. Uh, we have some trade updates per Jake Fisher. So this was as of four days ago, but I don't think we've gotten any more recent slop. So we'll have to sink our teeth into this. The Lakers have made the most aggressive bid known to date for Murray. This is uh, Yahoo Sports Jake Fisher um, for attribution, attribution here. As opposed uh, to the other Jake Fisher. I'm just making it clear what outlet and what person. <laughs> and that maybe Some people might be normal and not be like, oh, yeah, Jake Fisher. I see all of his tweets the second they happen like me. Uh, LA has been willing to include a 2029 first plus a pick swap. Uh, Atlanta is searching for a better player return than Russell. The Hawks prefer to or seem to prefer not taking back future salary, leaving the possibility for another three team deal at the deadline that includes Russell uh, because D'Angelo has a player option for next year. So seems like the Bucks may already be outbid unless Horace can work some real three team or magic like that OKC. I mean, there could be a four-teamer, like the monstrosity I built uh, last week. Ben Simmons is playing again. That might open he up is. some possibilities. I was, hey, was going to say, man. Uh, you can't I trade wouldn't. for him. You can't get him. I know, but I will Sign him next it. year. Do you want to sign on a vet man? I, yeah, I'd take it. Well, yeah, obviously. You have to try it. Uh, the Sixers are prioritizing fit alongside Embiid and Maxi. Don't seem to covet Bruce Brown, which, again, it's like only so many places would probably trade all that salary for Bruce Brown. I think the Bucks. That could be a a more um, ad, like could be more of a possibility than we may have thought. Uh, the Jazz are considered both a buyer or seller at this juncture. Unfortunately, That's classic Danny yeah. Unfortunately, the ball handlers available for trade listed here did not include Kriston, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Taylor Horton Tucker. No, no, and no for me. Just not what the Bucks need anymore. Taylor and Tucker just stinks. The first two hey, guys but, are just not what they, they need. But when Giannis signed the Supermax, it's fine because the Lakers had Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, and Colin Sexton, I mean, he's been one step away from being a buck for eight months now. Hey, watch this Watch space. this space. Um, the Jazz are looking at veteran guards, even though they're confident in Keontae George. So, I mean, Chris Dunn isn't listed here, but that report would make it seem like he could be available. If, if they like Keontae George and if they trade for another point guard, you'd have to imagine – they're not going to be that tied to Chris Dunn, who is also a point guard. Uh, the Jazz have called on Miles Bridges, the nasty work bullet point of the, the column. Ugh. Detroit and Phoenix. If Detroit trades for Miles Bridges, you deserve all of this. And I, oh. I hope it keeps going. Phoenix, too. Yeah, of course. Anyone trades all of them. for Miles Bridges, yeah. 
But everyone, I'm saying everyone feels bad for the Pistons right now. Oh, poor Pistons. Not me, but oh, poor Pistons. Like this, this affinity of like, oh, I feel bad for the Lions or the Pistons. I hope they get a good one. I don't. They're in the division. Hope they suck forever. Enjoy it, Lions fans. Yeah. Haven't made yeah, a Super Bowl since the fifties. This was this was in our in our private GSPN chat, but I was like, some other other people. I won't name names. Other people were just like, nah, it's okay. The Lions are cool. It's like no. No, it's their, their division it's rival. Right. I'm not going to be happy for the Lions. Yeah. Why no. would I be happy for the Lions? Oh, it's a feel-good story. You know what feels good? When when our teams win. You know what feels good? When other NFC North teams lose. Yeah, I agree That's with that. what feels good. That's how I feel about the Pistons, too. I mean, it's not been relevant in a long time. I don't feel 20, that strong. 21-1. Right? and one. The if, they, if they get Miles Bridges, I think everyone will. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, but that's what I meant by this. Is like that pity thing goes away. I think if you obviously if the Jazz or anyone acquires Miles Bridges, it sucks. Uh, TJ McConnell may not be on the move after all. Would honestly oh. be a, a big upgrade as a backup point guard, but didn't really expect the Pacers to ever trade him for the Bucks to the Bucks. Cleveland is sniffing around reserve guards after this Rubio buyout, which actually I heard from someone it's not done and they could still trade him. I'm not what? sure what's going on there. Yeah. Isn't he playing overseas? I think he's just taking a break from playing. Oh, okay. I, I don't know exactly what's going on there. I could be wrong about that. Uh, the Wolves are searching for backcourt help, but they don't have any assets. Uh, Phoenix will not trade Grayson Allen, so they're looking to trade Nasir Little. Cause can, we get, can we get Grayson back? No, because they're not looking to trade him. But you can get Nasir Little, who is on a four-year, $28 million contract for some reason. I think I actually liked it at the time. Uh, they're looking at like DeLon Wright and Monty Morris, players who are available, as well as Jay Sean Tate, Teroyce O'Neal, and Nick Richards. Nick Richards would titillate me. That's an athletic big right there. He, he is I was surprised they're willing to trade him. He's on like a $5 million contract. Yeah, Nick Richards, Jay Sean Tate. I would have been more excited about Jay Sean Tate like a few years ago, but it's yeah. just, it hasn't. He hasn't really progressed in the. I, way I would rather have years. Royce O'Neal than Jay Sean Tate. Do you agree? Yeah. If you could trade Bobby and bring back Nick Richards and Chris Dunn, I would lose my mind. That would be incredible. That's a level of sicko I am. Those are two players who many people probably do not even know. That would be awesome. That would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. That would be a great trade done on. Malcolm Brogdon is being sniffed around by the Knicks, the Lakers, the Rockets. And the Rockets are looking at Robert Williams. So Ime Udoka is one of these like can't get over your ex guys. Yeah. Yeah. Robert isn't Rob, Robert Williams is out all year? I don't think he's out all year. He's out forever. That's his whole thing. Yeah, that's fair. The Rockets are considering a move for injured Portland big man Robert Williams. I guess I they like need a center. For the season. We'll see. I know he's out for a while. New Orleans is looking to add at the center position. I think we can safely say, I think we were never all the way in. We flirted with the idea. The Brooke Lopez trade thing is done. They should not yeah, trade it's done. Lopez. It's done. It's done. It's done. Oh, no, he is out for the season. Well, thank you. Yeah, so... Rock, that would be hilarious. I mean, the Rockets have really fallen off. I know there was some like Bucks should have gotten Ime Udoka. I mean, they they have not been good for a little while now. They are, I think, out of the plan. They are currently eleventh. So yeah, yeah, out of the plan. Uh, they're only one game out though. They're one we, game out of ninth. Yeah, I, I know it's tight. 
Uh, the Pelicans and Magic are likely buyers on the point guard market this summer. The Spurs could be looking at a point guard. And other point guards who are known to be available, Davion Mitchell in Sacramento, Cameron Payne in Milwaukee, Devontae Graham in San Antonio, Corey Joseph in Golden State. I will say this. I would rather have Austin Rivers than any of the non-Cameron Payne point guards in that last paragraph. That is a I mean, poo-poo platter of yeah. point guards. We don't know what Austin Rivers looks like in, in basketball-wise right now. No, but we do know what these other guys look like. That's fair. It's bad. The, the, yeah, the Davion Mitchell stuff is never going to stop. I don't know how many times I can say. If a team starved for defense has a defensive-minded player and won't play them at all, that is a red flag. Yeah. I also – I don't know if the Austin Rivers thing is real, but I did see someone ask like, well, like you – I think it was on our last pod. We're like, oh, we don't know if he's better or campaign's better. I think it was maybe someone on YouTube was like, yeah, we do. One's in the league and one's not. You can't assume the 30 GMs make every call correctly. Yeah, Dante, but it's uh, more, more often than not. Kind of. More often than not. I mean, is it Exum right now who's playing great in Dallas? Exum's really trailed off. I would take him. I'd take him, but he's just he's he's not who he was at the beginning of the season for Dallas. Fair. And to be fair, Dante Exum, he worked his way back because he was rightfully, not rightfully, but like... It, it wasn't he. It wasn't shocking that he was out of the league, but then he played overseas, managed to work his way back, and then he came back. So I think it. I think that's a fine call. Well, I just I, you just can't assume that the, every fifteenth guy in the NBA is better than every available player. No, that's, I don't that's think fair. that's the that's case. Fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, campaign's not the fifteenth guy, but he was the last player added to the actual roster. Yes, post Dame trade. He was only he was only added to the team because they had it. They managed to create a roster spot. Correct. Uh, one thing that I think is beneficial for the Bucks, the Nets just suck. Like, hey, they probably have to consider uh, the good Bridges trades at this point. They, Nin- I mean, nineteen it, and twenty-seven. I mean, when they were offered four first-round picks for him, it's just. I think if that knows? offer comes again, they accept it. I think they do too, but also I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't because it's like you need a building block and he is a building block. I just don't know what you're going to build in time for him for that contract before it's up. Yep, that's fair. I mean, Again, he Dennis is a junior is another guy. Like that's we're so, talking about the Nets. I mean, I think the Nets right now are like that's probably where the vultures are circling the most because it they. Has to be. I mean, they want to be good because they don't have their own picks, but they're not. Like the ship has sailed, and you've got. Royce O'Neal, you've got, uh, I mean, I don't think Cameron Johnson can go, but Dennis Smith Jr., Lonnie Walker on a vet minimum, had a vet, vet minimum had a very interesting quote within like a day of right now. Basically, like I'm trying to find my long-term home at the moment and like didn't seem to strongly say it was in Brooklyn. So that that's an interesting one. He could be available. Um, as well as guys, of course, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been very bad. Dorian Finney-Smith, who everyone loves. Nick Claxton could be available. I wouldn't expect the Bucks to allocate the resources it would take to get a backup center, but that's an, an interesting guy as well, just league-wide. And again, like if they're just going to stink, I think at a certain point, Mikhail Bridges probably has to be available too if you're just bad. And they're just bad. I mean, the East is not that good. The East is not good enough to feel good about a 19-27 and 27 record two and a half games back of the Bulls, who everyone is like, the Bulls suck. They should give up too. The Bulls are three games under 500, and you're way back from them. 
Yeah. I mean, hey, Nets can make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're tied in record. The Atlanta Hawks in 11th right now is a crazy thing. But also understandable. Yeah. But that's why, again, you, actually, you look at no, those players. Actually, no, that's fair. I thought they'd be better than the Nets. I mean, yeah, again, two and a half games worse than Chicago. Eight games under 500. It's that part that really gets me. I mean, you can, if you're 11th and you're, you know, 24 and 23, like, okay, crowded conference, whatever. I mean, the if you're eight games under 500 or however you count it, like that's – you need to win eight in a row to be 500 at this point in the year. You suck. There is no this or that. And so these are, these are not teams that have had their best player out all year. Chicago has had Levine out for a while. And, I mean, they suck anyway. But Brooklyn and Atlanta, you've had Trey Young, had DeJounte Murray, you've had Mikhail Bridges. You just stink. Trey Young missed a few games, but nothing Not crazy. enough for this. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy when you say 10th in the West is 500. Yeah. I mean, that's a real conference. The East is a baby conference again. The top is very good, but... Throughout, it's a baby conference. Yeah. They, I will say, if we're talking about standings, things are starting to tighten up a little if you're the Bucks, Yeah. They are two games out of fourth. They are two and a half games out of fifth. They feel like they've had two, like the number two seed locked up all season long. You got to write the ship soon. Yeah. You can't lose two and three games because the 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 Knicks are surging, the Cavs have been surging. Uh, Thankfully, the, the Sixers are. They have, they don't have any of their players on this West Coast trip. They all just didn't play. Yeah. They, they just lost to Portland last night. They did. They got blown out by Portland last night. Oh wow! It was. Uh, I believe they got blown out. Let's see. They lost. Uh, it was close when I checked during the Bucks game. They lost game. by twenty six points, one thirty one oh four. Yikes. Yeah, three-game yeah, skip for Philly. Things are starting to tighten up for the Bucs, and especially because they're on this long gauntlet of a schedule in their West Coast road trip, which is just not ideal at all. I guess, here, let's go through the schedule. The next, yeah. play, next game is a very interesting game. It's Dame's return to Portland. Uh, you have to imagine uh, that Moda Center is going to be sold out. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to have some GSPN uh, listeners there. Yes. Shout out to – if you're listening and you're not yet joined the Discord or are not aware – Join the Discord because we have a group of Discord folks doing a meetup and going to the game. We're not going mean, to – we don't live in Portland, but there are some great listeners from from our community who are. I think we have the graphic they put together pinned, so you can definitely check out, reach out to, to me or anyone if you want more info on that. But there is going to be a little a little meetup of folks. So if you are going to see the Bucks and Dame make this return, you can meet up with some folks. But, yeah, that is going to be for sure a sellout, for sure an emotional game. I would expect Dame maybe snaps that uh, skid a little bit for this one. Yeah, but you know, both teams both teams will be cheering for Dame to do well in that game. Yeah, uh, the tribute video is going to be it's going to be emotional for sure. It's going to be a very interesting game. Hopefully, one that the Bucks can win fairly easily, <laughs> please. Uh, but then then just everything starts to starts to hit. So then you got Dallas on Saturday. They don't play Dallas on a Sunday. Uh, that's good. Nice. I mean, they did when they came to Milwaukee, but that's usually what happens. Yeah. Then they play a back-to-back Dallas-Utah. Going to Utah on the second night of a back-to-back is tough. Uh, then they have Phoenix on Tuesday. And then they come home for a four-game homestand. But that's just a, a tough stretch of games. But you go uh, Dallas, Utah, Phoenix, and then welcome Minnesota at home. Yeah. That's a tough stretch of games. 
And I know that Utah is. is not like a strong team. Utah blew out Milwaukee two weeks ago. You can't take them for granted. That's the thing. The West, even the bad West teams, you got to play a serious game. I mean, maybe not the Blazers. Although they did obviously push the Bucks that first game. And even even after that, you have the Hornets bad team. Then you play the Nuggets again. Then you play the Heat, who've been a bad team, but they will forever be the boogeyman. Then Grizzlies, then Wolves again, then Thunder. Thunder, wow. Uh, Sixers, I meant. <laughs> it's just, it's a really tough schedule uh, yeah. if you're the Bucks. Like, I mean, given the uh, the Wolves and Sixers games come after the All-Star break, so we'll see. But that February 8th game against the Timberwolves, who knows? You might not have your full roster available to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, at least when you're the Bucks, you have the benefit of knowing, okay, we're going to have our core four. Yeah. There shouldn't be like a true, all right, we're just going to lose because of the trade deadline game. I, I would not probably give them the benefit, the, the credit for that. I mean, you can factor in if they're without a couple bench guys. The way their bench guys have played, it might end up working out in their favor. Yeah, for sure. But Why all do I'm they play is, games on trade deadline day? I don't know. It should be a national holiday. I agree. Yeah, that's that's what uh, justifies them starting at three o'clock Eastern or whatever. It's like, yeah, some of us like we have to we have to. <laughs> we can't some just, of we us, can't just... some of us, find a way to get out of it because some we us... dedicate too much of our lives to this. Are we some of those people? Yeah, we may be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we might be some of those people. But yeah, all I'm saying is it's a tough stretch of games and the things are starting to tighten up for the Bucks. Oh, it's anyway. it's kind of sad. Bucks Thunder. We, we the first game in Milwaukee, March twenty fourth. That should be good. But the the second one in OKC is the second to last game of the year. I mean, we'll see. It's maybe. usually what happens though. It's like the Bucks and Thunder usually play on like the last couple days of yeah. the season, which is so unfortunate because those are two like OKC is now. I mean, they're number two, but they keep going back and forth uh, between. Uh, oh, they're third right now. Actually, Denver moved up to second with their win over Milwaukee, but they keep going back and forth between first and second in the West, like. They're they're legit. Like oh, yeah. they're they're a legit good team, um, and the Bucks are a legit good team. So it, the the end of the schedule, the end of the schedule is pretty tough for Milwaukee. The last five games: Knicks, Celtics, Magic, all at home, and then a two game road trip: Thunder and Magic. Not easy. The Magic have been pretty good, um, but I think too sometimes. I mean, this, every time the Bucks lose, I see a lot of like, this is not a championship team. This is an unserious team, blah, blah, blah. I think people get a little carried away uh, game by yeah. game. But yeah, if you want to take game by game, like the Bucks blew out the Pelicans so bad, I forgot it was a game. <laughs> and the Celtics almost lost to them last night. So, Dude, the Pelicans are like, I just don't believe in the Pelicans. No. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. Zion's been playing. I, th- yeah. I said he would. I said he would. He did. He's been playing. We're halfway I said through a lot the year. of other things, though, but let's not harp on that. <laughs> uh, don't, don't check our over-unders. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if those aged well. Uh, not for me, I don't believe. Uh, somehow Jordan might have came out. <laughs> Dude. Well, his nets are not doing well, but his jazz, I think, are on pace. It's crazy. Maybe one day we'll go back. But I no, usually check them toward the end of the year, just to see. Just to see. And then I burn it. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, do we have anything else we need to talk about there? Uh, I don't think so. I uh, We'll see. I am pretty convinced that they will make a trade. That will oh, matter. I'm, I, I 
believe it 100%. They will. I'm very convinced. You can't, if you're John Horst and you have the guts to really make a, make that coach firing like you did after, like, if you want to just look at basic, basic metrics, like win loss record, you could say, oh, they're second in the East. They have the second best record at the, in the NBA at the time. Yeah. Uh, why would you fire your coach? Yeah, because you have to look deeper than that. If you're John Horst, I trust that he looks at this roster and says, yeah, this is untenable. You can't have a bench that's constantly shooting you out of games and playing you out of games. And especially with a new coach, you need to give him the best tools available. Um, so I'm, I'm 100% convinced that there will be a trade. We will be if, it does, if there's not a trade, if there's not a trade, I don't know what I'll do. Would it be the first time in the Horst era? I think they've done something at the deadline every something. year. They've done something at the deadline every year. They're I don't think, Bulls. based on how the team has looked, I do not think this is the year to change that pattern. No, it is not. Uh, and we will have you covered with all things trade deadline here at GSPN. But uh, we'll wrap unless you have anything else, Ty, and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Wire and GSPN. Like I mentioned, check out all of GSPN's pods uh, at gspn.info. We got Packers, we got Brewers, we got we got a catch-all movie podcast. We got another Bucks pod on this feed if you're listening on your podcast platform of choice. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and leave that five-star rating and review. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube if you're watching on there. Leave a like, engage in the comments. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, Discord entry link at gspn.info. Basically, anything you want is at gspn.info. Uh, pod random, even though that's two coaches ago now. And we'll talk to you next time.